to the Mission LHC podcast, where you'll hear real conversations with a married couple that are on a mission to help other couples as they learn to love, honor, and cherish each other in all stages of marriage. My name is Heath Yearwood. And I'm Amanda Yearwood. And thanks for joining us as we laugh together and share our story together in hopes that we can be an encouragement to you. Well, welcome back, everyone. This is episode six. We're glad you've joined us. Uh, glad you've stuck it out with us a few episodes. After our first episode, when we were listening to the recording, I told Heath, I said, um, I'm pretty sure we're going to need some speech therapy. So we apologize for our incorrect grammar and our southern accents, but here we go. So episode six, we were thinking we might want to talk a little bit about communication. Communication is really a tough, it's actually a pretty big subject when you when it comes to marriage, but um, sometimes we're really good at communicating and sometimes we're really not. Yeah, and, uh, communication, uh, especially if you're someone like me that's brains going in a hundred directions, she always <laughs> claims that I don't hear her half of the time what she's saying. I think you have selective hearing. <laughs> it may be. Uh, but we were going to talk a little bit about you know our uh, time together and communication between us and kind of go through a few stories that we've had over the years. But uh, I think that's some of the, this episode will be big for a lot of our new couples. Uh, you know, we've learned some lessons the hard way. And uh, <laughs> So maybe you can learn from us and not have to learn the hard way. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, when we, we talk about, Amanda and I are pretty blessed that in our relationship, you know, we've never had many fights, and that sounds crazy, that, you know, we've been married now 26 years, and we haven't had, I mean, I don't know, a handful of fights uh, over the years. Of course, everybody has disagreements about things. But, uh, you know, that, since we're talking about communication, that brings in the differences between couples. And a lot of times, you know, I, I didn't really realize this a whole lot until later on. But we talk about the uh, kind of love languages and how people uh, are different, how they need to have different, you know, words of affirmation or whatever. And we're going to talk a little bit about that during the episode. But... I kind of learned one of them the hard way. Uh, Amanda, you want to tell the story a little bit about when we almost didn't get married? So we wouldn't be doing this podcast today. <laughs> so I think we talked about it in one of the earlier episodes, but about two weeks before we got married, I had gotten a body weight perm. Uh, now, again, set the timeline there. It was early 90s, so this was the popular thing to do because you needed to have big fluffy hair you know lots of hairspray tall on the top big on the sides nice big curls but um to make my hair do that I had to have a, a perm to give it some body and that night when you got to my house I had been at the salon that day and got my perm now girls out there who've ever had a perm or ever seen a perm you know what it looks like the first day. Are you talking about when I came in and saw the the long, blonde-haired girl that I had met, fell in love, and since you know we've only been together a couple of months since we were <laughs> going to get married, uh, I had not seen a whole lot of this. And so all of a sudden, this one that goes into the long, blonde, 
looks like she's out of a 80s rock video hair <laughs> and now I've got uh, Orphan Annie that's sitting over on the couch <laughs> and so it, it's, it's almost a round haircut what's the guy that used to paint the pictures Bob Ross Bob Ross it's almost in the Bob Ross kind of style <laughs> so it was pretty curly but it had to be that way the first day because you can't, I mean, the rule of permanence, you can't get it wet in the first 24 hours. Um, you can't wash it. So I was in that first 24 hours. But anyway, moving along. So when you got there and saw me, you said, what happened to your hair? What did you do to your hair? Yeah. And uh, now having a little more wisdom under my belt, the tone that I used and the question that I asked, and that kind of goes into our point of this episode that we're talking about the communication part. I'm just wondering what happened to her hair, but all she could hear... Oh, yeah, like you, you literally were meaning... What, what did you do to your hair? But in my mind, what I heard you say, my interpretation of that the, is, I ugly. hate it, you're ugly, I don't like it, I don't like you anymore. And I immediately, that wall went right back up, and I, I got quiet, and um, it, it was not good. Well, and, and so that was the cold shoulder that I got, and the wall came up like she mentioned and everything. And that drives me crazy. I'm the type, if I have any kind of conflict or whatever that happens, I want to get it out in the open. I'd rather just go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off. Let's fight about it. Let's, let's fix the problem. I'll tell you I'm sorry. You tell me you're sorry, and we'll go on. But I learned real quick that that wasn't Amanda's style, and... Uh, that that drove me crazy because I'm the type that I can't have someone brewing on something. I would rather go ahead and get it out in the open. And so that... So that was the night you told me, if you don't talk to me, I won't marry you. And you really meant it. I mean, and you meant it in every sense of the wording that you were using. And I knew it. <laughs> well, and you know, and it talks, you, you've heard about you're not supposed to go to bed, uh, you know, angry and different things in a marriage. <laughs> Well, even like in the dating situation, that, that, that's how I really felt because if that was going to brew and conflict was going to be like that, we would be in for a long marriage. And, you know, and that leads into kind of advice for people that's listening to this, especially if you're not married and you're listening to this. Um, you know, we met and had a short engagement. But we could tell the time we together was quality time. And I see a lot of our kids at school that we go in and their relationships, they're in a relationship and they think it's the grandest thing for a week and then it changes. But they stay together with that person. They fight like cats and dogs. And you can tell it's not good for either one of them. And I've said this to people before. I don't want to say nothing. It's kind of like telling your best friend that they need to break up with somebody and then they get married and you're the bad guy that's left out there. So you don't you don't ever open your mouth with certain things. Well, I can't really tell kids that a lot of times, but what I do want to tell them, if it's not great while you're just dating and you have no pressures of finances, no pressure of kids, kids yeah. uh, all kind of things like that, if it's not just roses and, and sunshine, sunshine yeah. and everything... <laughs> 
Well, you're in trouble because once all those other problems of life come in, it, it's going it to take place and it's going to cause a lot of problems and everything. But they don't understand that. And unfortunately, I see the back end of it a lot of times. They'll get married young, maybe in high school or right out. But a few years down the road, they're, they're not together no longer. And that's one thing we're seeing a whole lot of with former students. Right. And, you know, what we see across our 26 years of marriage now, you know, looking back at that example of that argument two weeks before the wedding, is it silly? Yes, it's silly. But what we've learned from that is that anytime there's conflict, we revert back to those same personalities. I don't want to talk about it. You do. And so that continually becomes a stumbling block. So my point being that when things surface in the dating life that are hard, just know that that's not going to go away in married life. It's going to continue, and it and it may even be worse while you're married. It, and that brings up that uh, if someone has certain characteristic traits while you're dating, more than likely those same characteristic traits are going to carry on. If you if they're mean to you while you're dating, there's probably a very great chance that they're going to be mean to you during a marriage, if not worse, because. Again, if you can't impress somebody just dating them where you can see them, you can leave them, you're not together 24-7, then, you know, if the problems are going to be there. And, there, and we could go into a lot of details, but we won't. You can think, put any kind of thoughts that you want to. Any problems that you could see, you know, if someone, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go into details because I don't want to say anything really <laughs> there, but... Just know that, that, that look at those things, unless there's a change of heart spiritually or something like that, more than likely your personalities, you are who you are. And the same thing, and, and we are, a lot of the communication things that we have, I believe goes back to how we were raised a lot of times as well. Yeah, that's true, because your family is a lot different than my family. I mean, I remember the first time I met all of the Yearwoods, and there were... 99 conversations at the table what it felt like anyway um so i think the yearwoods are gifted communicators whereas uh, me not so much so i remember i was thinking about um it really hasn't been too many years ago um this same kind of thing cropped up with us and i don't even remember what we were disagreeing about but I didn't want to talk about it I preferred to just just let it go and move on and, and you wanted to talk it out and and I remember looking at you and saying Heath it's, it's like this you're a dog and I'm a cat dogs they just they want to be around people they they love people they're happy to be there they're always excited um they they need to be right next to you but i'm a cat and cats are usually content to hide in the corner in the dark yes they, they might hiss a little they come around when they want to 
Um, I think of the cartoons where they give you that crazy look. I can't remember what it was, but like on one of the cartoons, the cat would look at you just like, I'm tired of messing with you, you know, that look like that that goes through. And that's what she gives me a whole lot of times. So, I think basically you're like old Odie, Miller. You're or like Odie, the old dog. But that's Garfield. You know, and you're Garfield. That's that's our personalities. And that's why today's episode is going to be titled Cats and Dogs. Yes. But... We really kid about that a whole lot, but Amanda and I are very opposite on a lot of things, our personalities, but I think that's one reason that it actually works well between us, because, you know, Amanda's sister is kind of like I am. She's a talker, and she's there. We've always kidded. Her and I would have killed each other if the good Lord had put us together, and then her, Amanda's brother-in-law, her... uh, sister's husband he's quiet like amanda and so i don't know that there's just no need for he and i to talk you and my sister you just take care of all of it and we can just sit back and listen well and you know we've as we've been married over the years we've looked a little bit uh i know most of you are familiar with the book the, you know about the five love languages and um as we started looking at that that made a whole lot of sense because a lot of our the ways we see stuff, even on you know, a love is a lot different, and I think that kind of filters into the communication as well because of how we see different things and like the five summary of the five love languages, you know, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. Now, usually you have a few of those, but I started looking at all those, and I think I'm about every one of them. <laughs> Uh, maybe not acts of service. I don't know, but I think that's mine. <laughs> that's yours. You're one, and uh, but you know, I think a lot of times I was that type. Uh, words of affirmation I need to hear more often. I grew up. I was five foot nothing playing sports, kind of an underdog a lot of times with that, and so I tried to really you know kill myself playing ball and do different things. And if you got that attaboy or a good job or something that come through sometimes, to me, that meant a whole lot. And, you know, in the communication part, sometimes we fail to communicate the things that our spouse needs to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do like quality time together. And that's also you. You enjoy quality time, but there's a time that you also like to be alone. Yeah, I'm good with alone time. But I'm also, I even have some of that as well because I was the only child. And, you know, I spent a lot of time by myself. And so we kind of are at that point that, you know, we will be together a lot. But then there's also, she may be in one room doing something on the computer and I may be in the other room watching TV or something. So we we do realize that. We, we share some time with some of that kind of stuff, too. Well, we've always spent a lot of time together. Like, when we started dating, and, I mean, every day. I mean, we've really seen or talked to each other every day since. And um, for us, I guess it's even more exaggerated since we work together. So, we're, we're pretty much together 24-7. Now, I will say that when our kids... We're getting ready to leave for college. Well, when our youngest, her senior year, I was a little nervous about what that would look like when it was just back to you and I at home because 
to be at work all day together and then to come home together and no kids and uh, no responsibilities with kids that that worried me I was afraid that we would struggle with that but it's been good well it went back a lot like when we were first dating kind of that feel but then we kind of had a shock we got used to that just after a few months we were it was crazy when they were gone and that kind of stuff then we settled into it and then COVID took place and so now the well, whole that was a few years but, in. Yeah. but the whole family then was dropped back in mm-hmm. yeah and, that was just last spring yeah and mm-hmm. so that changed a little bit with it but um that's why it's very important that you do continue to go out on dates you you continue to know each other because if you're not careful with the communication what starts to happen you become friends and that's all and you end up being partners raising kids and one takes one kid one takes the other and when the kids are gone if you're not careful you there's nothing left a lot of times you don't have anything in common because everything revolved around your kids so I think that was one of my fears when the kids were getting ready to leave for college because for so long our identities were caught up in mom and dad and we were partners in raising the kids but I wanted to do more than coexist and I think that's a good, good, good idea. And you know, and that's one of the biggest things I've heard several, you know, life groups or preachers talk about that about the, the importance of a relationship. You've got to take care of the marriage first, and the, if if the marriage is great, it's going to trickle down into the better situation for the kids. But unfortunately, a lot of times, what takes place. Um, everybody pours everything into the kids. It may be travel ball. It may be all kind of pageants, whatever it is. And you end up doing so much with the kids that you, you lose that other person. So it, again, start with, start with a spouse and let it work its way down. You know? you know, I just thought about, I remember when the kids were little and when we first really started trying to make a, a conscious effort to, to go out to still date and it was hard it was really hard for me to leave the kids um and maybe for me it was different I don't know but you know working all day and struggling with having to leave them in daycare or you know when they started school but the thought of leaving them again to go on a date it was just hard to to process and it it wasn't that I didn't love you and didn't want to be with you but it it was hard to do but I remember one night you you saying to me you just kind of stopped me and said Amanda I want our kids to see us date to see us love each other I want my kids to know that I love their mother and that was a big moment for me I mean it, it made sense to me at that point well, and, and that was one of the things I, whether nowadays if they see us kiss or they see something a lot of times or hear of us tell each other we love each other, you know, everybody will act like, uh, you know, or whatever, especially your teenage years. Now they're kind of on the back end of that. But I think it's very important that you show that, that you, you, that they're, that's, 
I believe that how we treat our spouses is how they're going to expect to be treated by their spouse. Yeah, that's true. And so if you don't mimic something that you think that they deserve or they need, then they're not going to be looking for it. If they think that's what's supposed to be, you know, that's why I've heard before that a dad, a lot of times, the best thing, I didn't do this with my daughter, but you take the daughter out. You do everything. You show them what a gentleman's supposed to do, how they're supposed to treat them. And those are some of the things, you know, that they, they talk about because it, it sets the standard mm-hmm. from that point. And I think a lot of girls do look at their dads that way as they, they, they measure the guys to their dad a lot of times. And, you know, that can be good <laughs> I, or bad. I don't know if I should say this or not. I think you know the story, but I, mm, I'm going to chance that you may or may not know the story. But the day we got married... I remember when I the the church where we got married the the dressing room for me was upstairs. So I came down the stairs and I met my dad there in the foyer of the church, you know, he's ready to walk me in. And I looked at my dad and I said, "If you tell me not to do it, I won't." I'm glad that uh, he didn't tell her not to because uh, I've been left there at the altar. Runaway bride. <laughs> Dads are important, and, you know, I think you make a valid point there. Well, and that brings up a very good point that even the father-daughter, mother-son relationships is all based on the personality of the kid as well. Our daughter has a lot of your characteristics of personality that she will go into a shell a little bit. Sorry. So she's the cat. And our son is the dog. He's he's the same he's as me. Happy to be around. Wants to be right with you. Yes. And mm-hmm. and if he sees you, you know he's gonna get tell you. You know he still cares about you, loves you, whatever. And he's not embarrassed with it. Uh, so we've realized even with children that that the same communication, same things are, are that occurs there. And you know I even seen that as they were growing up like in sports and athletics you know you could holler at one one way and it would affect them a certain way but you holler at the other one (laughs) and it's just either going to make them mad or stubborn or whatever with that well let's just go ahead and say it with one of our kids you could just give them a look and they would self-correct i mean that there was very little discipline that had to happen the younger one on the other hand um, the first level of discipline just made them mad, so you had to go again to prove a point. And, you know, I really kind of found myself torn in some of those early years, which you were probably on coaching a lot of Yeah, I don't time. remember a whole lot of them. But I, I remember getting a, to a point with our youngest that I thought, you know, where's that line? Because I'm the adult, and I'm going to win this one. And, but at the on the other side of it, I, I recognize that some of that strong will is going to be valuable to them as they're an adult. So I don't want to break them, but we've got to survive this. <laughs> well, and, you know, I was sitting here as you was talking about that. I was even thinking about the same personality that affects the communication. It also goes into... If you're wanting someone to do something, how we say it, it's completely different. If if 
you know, I suggest that, hey, let's go for this walk or let's go do this, do that. It, that goes back to our personalities. How do we perceive it? If it's being a or an order to do it, then <laughs> I'm shutting down. But if it's like, hey, you, would you like to go do this? Kind of the wording is a, a big thing. And I will allude to this just a little bit as we go into the last part of this. Uh, you know, communication, we're talking about a relationship, but most spouses are all going to be working. So that also goes into the workforce as well, communication. Sure. And I've been in a lot of classes and uh, over the years of leadership and different things. And I, I had one, um, I think it was a master's class or EDS class that really brought up something that I never had really thought about. It was dealing with the different generations of people, especially if you're in a, uh, a management position, a leadership position, or something along those lines. Um, Amanda and I, not, not only being married, but working together, you know, that can, because we have some of the same problems at school, that would come about here, and we've been partners almost in everything. She's been a huge part of me being principal. She's the guidance counselor. But that's a huge role for any school, but I think she's had more responsibility or more put on her a lot of times just because of who I was, but we started in one of the classes they went over. It was talking about like, you know, the baby boomers are 1946 to 64 and around 71 million people in the country are baby boomers. Gen X is uh, years 65 to 80, around 65 million. And that's what you and I both would fall into that category as a uh, Gen what? X. 19, Gen X? Oh. Gen X, 1965 okay. I'm sorry, to I didn't 80. follow you there. I was kind of... See, that goes into communication because yeah. I was kind of listening but kind of not. And I thought, we're not 65 yet. <laughs> no, 1965 we're to 1980. Yes, yes. We were born. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, and there's 65 million Gen Y or millennials, 1981 to 96 born. Uh, there's around 72 million. And then Gen Z is 97 to 2015. If y'all think about it. The, every one of those generations are a lot different. But what you start not realizing sometimes, some of the older generations and the ones now are closer, kind of a home unit. People stay home longer than they used to. But years ago, people lived in a house all together as a big group. A lot of these groups fall together. And, and that was something that I really learned because certain ways you say things to people like to a staff. A lot, certain generations, they believe in everything is almost like earned by the longer you're there, you get something. But then like the Gen, X, Gen Zs believe it's based just on qualifications. I might be the youngest person, but I should get the position over the old guy if I'm, if I'm the more qualified. And every generation is a little bit different. So I bring that up because... The communication at work, communication at home, communication uh, in a marriage, whatever it is, is very important. So just know that that no matter where you are, there's a lot of things that we can do better. And even still learning it uh, today, you know, I, I still fail with it how I say things sometimes. And, uh, you know, Amanda? Yeah, I think uh, when we were talking about what we wanted to talk about on this episode in our study of the Bible, we were talking more about James chapter 1. 
And of course, I was going to that because of the verse that says, be swift to hear and slow to speak. So, you know, because that proves my point. I'm more about listening and you're more about speaking. So I was trying to prove my point there. But but really, um, if you have time, uh, James is a great book of the Bible. Of course, they're all great, but this is a really good one because the book of James is a lot about faith. And in the book of James, you're going to find um, things about uh, Christian living, how to persevere through trials. And, you know, that's a big part of marriage, how to, to cope with and get through those things together because you're not on your own anymore. You're working it out together. There's a lot about patience in the first chapter of James. Um, just some really good reading there. You know, you mentioned about trials, and that's something that we didn't bring up a whole lot. A lot of marriages run into a lot of problems, you know, like you would anticipate or expect when there's trials that come in, whether there's, you know, been something happen uh, in the marriage or something in the family has went through something big or an event. Well, how people react to it's different as well. So sometimes it's easier to act like it didn't take place and just shut down. Well, when the other person's wanting to talk about it and the other one won't talk about it, it just creates more animosity and stuff with it. And that's a tough thing right there because there's no answers because, again, like I said in the earlier part of the episode, you can't change who you are. You know, we both understand there's things we don't like about the other one, how we deal with certain things, but it is who we are and we can't change it. Yeah, I think I, I really struggle with it because, you know, I've tried to really analyze myself and why am I quiet? Why do I not want to engage in that? And I, for me, my struggle is with those scripts that are constantly running through my head. Um, just like in our silly example of the hair. But what I was hearing in my head, what my head was saying to me is that you didn't like the way I looked um, and that you wouldn't love me anymore. I mean, that's what my, my mind is telling me. And, and so when we're in a, a conversation and I want to shut down, my mind is thinking through scenarios of, okay, if I say this, this is the outcome. And if I say this, this is the outcome. So I'm constantly running scripts through my head about what might happen. And I know that's where I, I have trouble. Right. And, and I'm the same way. I talk too much. You know, like even what we do here, the podcast is more in the kind of the things that I enjoy. And Amanda probably enjoys blogging more or writing out stuff instead of the actual talking part. And we just kind of have to compromise with each other a little bit. And, you know, she helps out and does this. And I'm trying to let her talk a little bit more here. But I, I do dominate and conversation. And I'm reluctantly talking. But. Yes. But, you know, there are other forms of communication besides talking. You know, we might as well say that. Now, we have some funny little communication signals that we have. Now, we always laugh about you know, if we ever get to a point where we can't talk to each other, when I do this, you're going to know that... Don't divulge our secrets. Yes, I'm not going to tell our secrets. Yeah. Those are just, those are our personal secrets. But we have some little communication styles that we use to always communicate that love. And and I, I think that 
Probably. I hope the guys are not listening to this because it's really going to put me in a bad thing. You, you've spoke too much. That communication is a problem here. <laughs> what we've we failed to communicate. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that that is something there that I've seen even in whether it's grandparents that have gotten so bad that they couldn't communicate. You could see their mind wanted to say stuff, but they couldn't. And I think that's when we went through certain things like that. Mm-hmm. Seeing the frustration when they couldn't talk. But I just wanted her to know that if I, even if you touch their hand a certain way or you do something, that that is letting them know how much you love them or how much you care about them. And you know what? If she couldn't speak, but for some reason she could give me that sign or do that one day, that would mean the world because, you know, it would let know that we're still thinking about each other the same way or whatever. You know, you don't like to think about those points or at those times of your life. But again, you know, as Amanda went over and, and this is part of this podcast, the different stages of uh, the relationship, you know, being in the cherished state where, you know, everything from this point on is kind of icing on top of the cake, but so to speak, with ours, because, you know, you say we've well, only been married 26 years, but I'm on the back end of 50 now. Amanda still has a little longer uh, t- till she will be 50. So I, I have a baby. I was a cradle robber. Yeah, mm-hmm. But, Unfortunately, uh, not long <laughs> but you start thinking about it and, you know, you just don't know. So you, you enjoy every moment that you have. And you just don't, you know, we've seen a lot of our friends that's went through some big health problems and issues and stuff. So I remember um, I used to hear some people that I thought was older, but that's probably in their 50s at the <laughs> They're time. They're probably younger than, they was younger are now. than we are. But uh, I remember they would they would get the newspaper and they would be boy they'd flip over and look at something and say what are you checking they said the obituaries <laughs> and the, they said it was always good when you didn't see your name in it so that was the good thing but so anyway today has been a little bit of a, a different type of episode we just wanted to talk a little bit about communicating and let you know that that is a big key component in a uh, marriage relationship whatever it may be and even though it it gets hard keep those lines of communication open so whether you're a cat or a dog or you're one of each figure out a way to pull it off you've got to communicate to get through the situation and to move on to the next step and enjoy your marriage together uh, again, we'd like to thank you for the feedback that you've been giving. A lot of you have reached out to us. You've done some personal messages to us and different things. We've also uh, uh, had a, you know, a couple of people that's reached out, maybe doing an article on it or something. But the biggest thing is to try to spread the word a little bit. If you, in the podcast that you're going to, if it gives you a chance to share it or like it, please do so because that lets other viewers see it a lot of times. Uh, and if you've got some topics or something that you think that would be interested for us to, to go over, you know, let us know that. Message us or, or give us some, you know, thoughts. We do have a lot of things, you know, that involves people, some other groups, like we had uh, Steve and Tina Freeman. But uh, we have some other couples we want to talk to, some friends and different things that we think it would be big to share. But just uh, let us know if there's anything there, then we appreciate it.